Welcome to the Close Knit Podcast, a podcast that showcases fiber artists from around the world. You're listening to episode eight, and in this episode, I spoke to Catherine Wendland, who is a knitter from Seattle. Catherine and I get into some really juicy topics like sourcing wool from sustainable places and how she combats the sometimes not so fun feelings that come up with social media. You'll also hear a little interjection from my housemate Dex, which I couldn't help but leave in the podcast. Listen on for my whole chat with Catherine. Show notes for this episode, as well as all previous episodes, can be found on my website, closeknit.com.au slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's Ani of Close Knit, and I'm here with Catherine. Oh, shoot. I didn't ask how you pronounce your last name. Oh, it's Wendland. Wendland. Cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, it's Ani of Close Knit, and I'm here with Catherine Wendland, and we're going to have a chat about fiber. Hey, Catherine. Hi. (laughs) All right, I'm going to just hop straight into it. So, Catherine, what is your fiber of choice and what medium in terms of craft do you gravitate towards the most? Well, um, I am a knitter, fully just a knitter. And I'm going to pick the very obvious choice, which is wool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I love everything about wool, just like, especially... um, like the the smaller batches that have started coming out that are like local and they've been spun in the United States and so like whenever I'm knitting with it it's just like you can just picture the sheep and you can picture like oh my gosh like someone is being paid fairly for their work and that they put their all this love into it and so like besides the obvious like awesome qualities of wool which are like it just keeps you like perfect warmth and like you can go out in the rain and you don't get wet and um I love like the different varieties of wool so there's like there's the more rustic like Shetland or Icelandic and then you can get really soft merino and it's just like I just love that it's all the same like it's all sheep but they all have like their own way of being that's just like perfect for where that sheep is from and um yeah, so just everything about it is just like, oh, I'm dying. It's so great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, cool. And knitting, yeah. you just do knitting, right? Just knitting. Um, I know how to crochet, um, but I don't really do that anymore. And I have not tried weaving yet or spinning. Um, my husband wants me to start spinning so that I'll stop using so much yarn. <laughs> He's like, why don't you just buy the fleece and then you can spin it and then you can knit it and then it'll take you longer to get through projects because you're going too fast. (laughs) You're going to knit all of the things and it's just all, all the things. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not, I haven't gotten into that yet, but uh, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, I've done a bit of weaving and I feel like spinning is next on the list. Mm -hmm. It just seems like a really meditative kind of I mean I guess knitting is meditative as well in some some capacities but spinning in particular it seems like it needs a little finesse but then once you get that finesse it's kind of like I think part of it has to do with um, a lot of my knitting is done on the go Mm. so I take it on the bus and it's in my purse at all times and so if I have to wait around for something somewhere I'm like oh whatever it's fine I have my knitting with me Mm -hmm. so um, I do knit and watch movies and TV, but um, like a good bulk of my 
everyday knitting is done on the bus and on my lunch break. So um, I think a big portion, like a big reason why I love knitting so much is that I can take it everywhere. And you can't really do that with sewing or weaving or spinning. Yeah, it's like um, when you first said that, I was like imagining you with like your spinning wheel, just like dragging it onto the bus and just like, excuse me, everyone. <laughs> Move over. Yeah, yeah. You put up like the wheelchair area. <laughs> oh, that would be so good. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, that's, I think that's true for a lot of, a lot of knitters is having that downtime or also like um sort of allaying the anxiety that comes with having downtime because it's like it's okay I've got my knitting yeah yeah totally. <laughs> I can wait I see I guess <laughs> I'm curious to see like right so right now I I work full-time and I take the bus to work but um one day like when I have a family what how will my um crafting habits change and will I want to do things that are more like at home like stationary kind of thing um I grew up sewing a lot my mom sewed and taught me how to sew and I've always loved making things so sewing used to be a bigger thing for me but um that was when I was just at home all the time so yeah I'm not home as much anymore, so I I need my thing to do on the go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. Um, what is your favorite part about the fiber arts world? Uh, and I kind of use that term quite loosely, just to encapsulate anything to do with textiles or fiber or just really general. And then within that, what's one thing that you're kind of excited about right now? Well, there's so many things to be excited about, um, but. I think my current favorite thing is just the community that you get when you meet someone else. Like any, you, it's just oh, you like to knit? We're best friends now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I've been really um, really loving the Instagram community and um, just like being inspired by so many people all over the world and. Um, and getting to share what I do with people who understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, I think that's been my favorite part of it is just the automatic connection you can have with people. And like, I don't know, I, I knit in public a lot too. Like today I took my knitting to the park and um, people stop and ask you what you're doing and um you get to tell they, uh, the other day I was knitting my Fair Isle vest and uh, I was just finishing it up so it definitely looks like a, a vest um, and these ladies were like so is this what you do for a living <laughs> 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 no it's just for fun <laughs> yeah yeah but it's just like really cool to connect with people and use it as like a as a way to meet new people and um, and just share the thing that you love um, Hmm. what I'm really excited about in the fiber community right now is um, just the fact that like things are heading more towards um, local and small and like giving people like a fair wage for what they're doing um, hmm. so yeah so like I, I work in the coffee industry too and a lot of um the reason why we picked our roaster, Olympia Coffee Roasting Company, um, is because that they ha they share that mentality of like they go to the farms 
in Africa and like make sure that these people are paid for like the high quality bean that they're producing and they make sure that every person down the line of their coffee bean is um, given a fair price for what they do and like everyone is enriched all the way down the line and I think that is a um, a trend happening in food, it's happening in coffee, and it's happening in fiber. Mm. Uh, I'm really excited to see more dye houses and spinning mills um, opening up again in the United States and and everything like just being renewed and that love for quality and um, localness coming in popularity again. Yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty special. Yeah, yeah, and we're, I just feel like, really lucky to be around when this is reviving and I can't can't wait to see where it goes Mm. yeah definitely and I think it's cool too that it's not just something that you've seen in in your fiber practice but something that you're also doing with your coffee business and to be able to see how how it's being done in a different industry to see how like some of those things can be applied to our industry or the the fiber industry and yeah um, I'm also always just like really interested in the American fiber industry, because it seems like, like you're saying, like it kind of, there was a time and there were all these um, dye houses and spinning mills and all these processing factories, and then they all went offshore. And now there is kind of a resurgence of moving it all back on shore, like slowly but surely. And that's kind of, as an American abroad, it's like kind of interesting to see that happening. And I'm always like, oh, I just want to be over there. (laughs) I just want to see what's happening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's happening, like um, Brooklyn Tweed and Quince & Co. being kind of Mm. bigger um, yarn companies and making sure that everything stays in the United States. Like, I think it's a big deal um, just as far as the fashion industry even in the United States like just everyone being more mindful of where things are coming from and the impact that they have on the world Hmm. it does impact the world like that is uh that's another cool thing about it is that like if if you design your um business to function this way you are impacting people in your community and um you're able to do something really good for the for the world and for uh, for the people around you. It's really cool. Yeah, definitely. It's an exciting time to be in the fiber arts space, I think. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, well, I know you said that you did a little bit of sewing when you were a kid and your mom taught you that. Was that kind of how you got your start with fiber arts? or? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have always been the kid who is like, anytime it's craft time like that's my favorite like I can't wait (laughs) like craft or art is like my thing so yeah my mom has always been um, a sewer and she made us like matching dresses I have two sisters and a brother so my brother didn't get the (laughs) dress like matching dress treatment but um, (laughs) my sisters and I always had like new Easter dresses and Christmas dresses um and she'd always be sewing all of our Halloween costumes. And so it was just like a, oh, yeah, that's just part of life. It's like you make, you can make whatever you want. Like that was just, I always knew that. And so um, I sewed in all throughout high school. Like I made my homecoming dress a couple years. And mm. um, I remember specifically, like I got this really cool, like 
old camera and so I made a custom bag for it like with pockets for all my film and like with the padding and (laughs) 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 like crazy colors um so it's always like just been a known fact to me that yeah if you want something just make it and it's like super fun and you get to have whatever you want um so I learned how to knit when I was nine my grandma taught me um and then I just, I did it, for, like, whenever I was at our house, but um, didn't really stick. And then I picked it up again in high school. I don't remember exactly why, but I just remembered, oh, yeah, knitting. I should do that again. Yeah. And um, I really loved it. I I knit all through high school. And my, um, in senior year, they make you pick, like, do a project and you have to report on like your process of doing it so I designed my own knitting patterns oh wow yeah they weren't very good I didn't, <laughs> and I didn't really um finish knitting all of them <laughs> but I made the pattern and theoretically it would work so I made a pillowcase and I made a pair of socks and I made a hat wow yeah I feel like we might need to have like links to to those in the show notes of this episode. Oh my episode. goodness! I'll have to find. <laughs> actually, I might still have some. That would be amazing. Only if you can find them. Ten, tangential. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Um. So in college, I kind of put it down again because I was too busy with school. Um. But after college, I is when it really like is it, it's current iteration Mm. (laughs) of um just loving knitting so um two or three years ago my one of my really good friends um Andrea Trisler if you're listening to this um she went to Portland Oregon and was like what's going on there's all these yarn crawlers around and so Portland every year does the Rose City Yarn Crawl and she's like Catherine we have to go next year so we did and um this was my first experience doing a knit along and for me that was like the coolest like suddenly I got super excited about knitting and like I started connecting with, that's when I first started connecting with people over Instagram is like, oh, we're all knitting the first clue. And, um, you can, bear with me for one sec. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. No, oh, okay. The, the internet's just horrible. Yeah, no, it's all good. Trying to record. Does this look all right? Yeah. Yeah, you look great. Okay. Yeah. You look good. Get it, girl. All right. Have fun. Oh, Have a great time. I'm about to pick stick up and go in there. Oh, you'll be right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It was bound to happen. <laughs> um, so, the Rose City Yarn Crawl is when I first started connecting with people over Instagram they do a mystery knit along so each week you get a new clue and um so it's really fun to like oh I knit the first clue in like a day okay what what does everyone else's look like and you can like you know use the hashtag to see everyone else's and it was just my first taste of like it's the Instagram community is like so fun so um so that's kind of how that started. And while I was on the yarn crawl, um, I bought a sweater's worth of Quince & Co. Owl yarn, mm, which was yeah. like my first like 
large purchase of nice yarn. Yeah. So it was just like suddenly you see the possibilities open of just like, whoa, this is so nice. <laughs> um, so I knit like one of my, my first like real sweaters. I knit um, Strucker by Zolda Teague. Okay. Um, but it turned out huge, so... As they I've always actually, do. Yeah. <laughs> First one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've actually reused that same yarn. This is my third time using it. Oh, yeah. I knit it into the forest cardigan, oh. which is from um, an Amirisu pattern. Oh, who's by? It's just like... I think it was um, Pam Allen. Mm. Is the... Um, Oh my gosh, you're going to have to edit this too. <laughs> That's okay. So I knit it into the forest cardigan by, I think it was Pam Allen, and um, it just never fit me quite right. So I, re like just last week, I unraveled that one, and <laughs> yeah. now I'm knitting the uniform cardigan, and so far, yes. so good. <laughs> That's exciting, yeah. That's a lovely color. We've, um, to the listeners, Catherine and I have been chatting back and forth and we've been talking through her process of unraveling and it's always like kind of a bit of a or I feel like it's a bit of a like I don't know if I want to unravel this like it took so much time and effort but like oh I'm not really gonna wear it, it doesn't really fit me so we were kind of having a back and forth about about whether to unravel <laughs> and what to turn it into <laughs> so hopefully this is the last time it will be knit into something and it will just stay that <laughs> yeah. yeah I think I made a good decision so we'll mm. we'll see um, yeah, that seems like a good one for sure. Totally. So anyway, so because of the Rose City Yarn Crawl, I discovered the Instagram community of knitting mm. and I just got hooked. Um, and it kind of even took it to the next level when I was knitting the um, Fringe and Friends knit along oh, yeah. with the Amanda cardigan. Uh -huh. And... Um, Karen Templer chose my one of my pictures as like the featured whip of the week and that week I got like 100 more followers or like it was it felt like a significant number like suddenly my Instagram was like I guess that's just gonna be knitting now because <laughs> yeah. because like the majority of my followers are not people I know in real life they're all knitters yeah and so then it was just like well that's kind of cool now I have like this community of people that I can interact with and um, show off my knits, and um, I really think it's the it's because of Instagram that I'm just like super excited about. I mean, obviously, knitting on its own is wonderful, but having an added social aspect to it has just made such a like fun, huge difference for me. It's um, yeah, it's just really. I really enjoy it. Yeah. No, I can completely relate to that because it can be such a solitary act and you can do it alone, which is nice, but it's also so nice to work on something, finish it and get also to get validation from other people who know like how long that, how long that took you and like, yeah, just like, Oh, how crazy that stitch pattern was or whatever. Just like showing this sort of stuff to like a partner or just like friends in your regular <laughs> life. You're like, uh-huh. Cool. <laughs> like, that's great. <laughs> and then you put it on your Instagram. People are like, wow. And you're like, woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> they get I it. Definitely, <laughs> yes, totally. I definitely have a couple projects that I would definitely not have finished them if it weren't for the Instagram community being like, hey, how's it going? Mm. And like, um, 
encouraging me. Like I, I think with um, the Amanda cardigan, it's like a, if you don't know what it looks like, it's just a, it's a very like traditional um, fisherman knit cardigan. Yeah. So it has a lot of cables and it takes a long time. And um, if I if it weren't for like oh everyone's doing it together, I don't think I would have picked that to. Because it would have been like, oh, it's too hard. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, and then I was knitting uh, an all-over Fair Isle sweater, um, Northdale by Gudrun Johnson. Mm -hmm. And um, an all-over Fair Isle knit is like a lot of yeah. a lot of meticulous knitting. And um, But that was one where like, because I had so many people like encouraging me, it was totally doable and... Um, kept me going and I finished it and it's it's a really awesome knit so thanks guys yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty special it's yeah it's such a good it's a good community totally <laughs> so we were talking about like you finishing those specific projects and how having people in the community cheering you on and encouraging you helped helped you finish them how do you think it is that you find motivation to continue on this like knitting journey beyond, I mean, the, the community can be a huge part of it, but like, are there other ways that you kind of motivate yourself? Um, you know, this is going to sound very opposite from what I just said, but, um, I think for the last year I was very, very motivated by, oh, I have so many followers, it's really not that many, but <laughs> I have so many followers, they're going to be disappointed in me if I don't finish this, and it, I get in this, like, stupid place of doing it because people ex expect me to, or mm. because, um, I don't know, I just feel like a competitive urge, like, of, like, I see all these awesome projects on my Instagram, and I'm like, oh man, what am I doing? I want people to like mine too. And mm -hmm. it, it, it kind of got to a, a bad place of like, not enriching, but um, a very like desperate place, I feel like. Yeah. So yeah. I was reflecting on that over the last couple months of just like, okay, that's not what it's about. Like, mm -hmm. that's just me um, being human and I, I don't know, putting putting something that I love in a place that is not where it should be. And so, um, mm. over the last couple of months, I've just been like thinking like, okay, you don't need to rush to knit something be just because it's like the coolest, latest thing. Um, mm. you, I need to be more mindful of what I'm doing. And so just like, uh, lately my motivation has been to just, think about what I really need in my wardrobe and to what I really, uh, know would last and, um, and just like in focusing on enjoying the process. Um, and I've also thought about like, okay, um, coming from this like desperate place where like, I just have to knit like the coolest thing and I want everyone to like what I'm making. Um, yeah. It's also a very selfish place of like I want it to be all about me. And so this year I'm kind of trying to separate from that and think about knitting for other people. Um mm. 
not just like, oh, here's a random chunky hat that took me two hours to make. I made yesterday for your birthday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, those are okay, too. <laughs> People like those, too. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. <laughs> knitting things that, like, take care and time and um, thinking about that person while you're doing it. Um, I think mm. for a lot of people, like, like on, um, on Instagram, like they started knitting for that reason, like to bless other people and to knit for other people. Um, mm. but my journey has been a little more selfish and not always in a bad way. Like, you know, mm. I just, it's been really fun for me to like, wear what I made and know that like hey guess what I made this this is awesome but um yeah I think it's really been lacking for me um to be knitting for other people and so this year I really want to bless other people with the things that I've made and let them know that I care about them and that I've been thinking about them Mm. for the month that it took me to make this so um yeah yeah so it's kind of like my I'm in a transitional place wanting to change the way I, uh, approach my crafting. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because I think I also get into that space of like competitive knitting and like seeing things out there that I'm like, I'm never going to be able to knit that thing or have to knit all of the cool things all at once. And it's like a very, for me, it felt like a very embarrassing feeling to admit that I was like jealous or like needed to compete with other people because I was like this is knitting like what is this but to know that it is a real feeling that people experience but that you're I like that you've taken this approach of like I see that thing and that's a thing that I did and it was a part of my journey and now I'm going to try this other thing and see how that sits I think that's pretty cool thanks (laughs) oh yeah I do because I think it can be really hard too. I think a lot about this a lot too with like selfish knitting. You know that the person wearing it is going to like it or know yeah. how much yeah. like work went into it because it's <laughs> yours. <laughs> but like sometimes gifting that knitting is hard because you're like, do you understand how long this yeah. took? Or are you going to just throw this in the washing machine and felt it? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's scary. It's like scary to part with something that you've been working on for a whole month that maybe cost you a lot because yarn isn't cheap if you buy good yarn yeah 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 and I mean obviously you'd um knit it either knit for someone who understands or if you know that they don't really understand then I guess you have to buy superwash or something (laughs) yeah yeah. be very clear in your instruction yeah 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 but I mean I have a lot of um I live in a really tight community where like my entire family lives within five miles of each other. And, um, because we own our coffee shop in the city we live in, like we meet people every day and we see them every day and we see them at the grocery store, like not just at our coffee shop, but like in our lives. And so it's just like, everyone knows that I knit (laughs) And, and, um, and everyone knows that I won't randomly knit them a sweater, <laughs> but they know that it's like a precious thing to me. So if they do get something that it's because I love them and because I've yeah. been thinking about them and <laughs> because yeah. I think that they're special. Yeah. 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 That's sweet. Well, this is a little bit related, I guess, to what we've been talking about, but 
What is um, the biggest bit of advice that you have for someone who's kind of just starting out on their fiber journey? Yeah, um, I always like to tell people, especially um, when they are like nervous about, oh, I can't knit that, it's too hard. Like, no, it's not. Hmm. I My advice is to find something that you would love to wear or like something that inspires you mm. and just learn whatever you need to learn to make that happen. And even if it takes you a while, like um, that's kind of how I learned to knit is just, I saw a project that I thought was cool and I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to start it and um, figure out what I need to know as I go. Yes. And so that way you'll learn a lot of new stitch patterns or you'll learn a lot of techniques and everything's out there. Like get on YouTube or call me up. I'll come help you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Don't put your phone afraid. number in the show notes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe just your Ravelry ID. To, you know, yeah, whichever totally. you prefer. I mean, whatever, both. Maybe just Ravelry. <laughs> um but yeah, just don't be afraid to try something and yeah. there's always going to be people and don't be afraid to ask for help because there's always going to be people that are excited to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, like us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at us. There's there's tons of us out here. Yeah, it's so true. Um, find your local version of us and <laughs> yeah, it currently is you. Hobart and Seattle. So if you're in yes. either of those places, give us a buzz. <laughs> um, my other piece of advice is swatch yeah. and block your swatch. <laughs> Wash and block your swatch. Mm. It It is so important. Um, you won't know what you're getting unless you do that. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter so much for like a scarf or a shawl but almost everything else like you want to know how it's going to fit and you won't know until you do that yeah so do it yeah I'm telling you do it <laughs> so true so many like such such a small amount of advice but so pertinent you know yes but so many knitters do not want to follow myself included <laughs> and if you I mean this is a cool thing so I like to save all of my swatches and I put them in my cubicle at work. Oh. I hang them on the wall and they look so cool. And um, I think Mary Jane Mucklestone told me once that um, a swatch is like a trophy of you, what you've made. So like if you, maybe I'll send you this picture. There's um, a picture of my cubicle at work and it just has like a piece of every like little project I've done recently. Yeah. And I can just look up while I'm at my computer and see like, oh yeah, there's my Amanda cardigan and there's my forest cardigan and there's uh, my Snoqualmie Valley yarn. And like just, they all just make me happy to look at. So mm. if you make your swatch, then you'll have a cute little reminder of all the things you've made. Mm. And um, and I think that's worth it just, just for that. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I never thought of it. Yeah, I'll show you the picture and um, and you, then you will want to make a swatch. <laughs> I can guarantee you will want to make a swatch. Once you see how cute it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, this is sort of the last little question that I have for you. And that is, who do we need to be following in the fiber arts world? Well, um, I feel like I might be preaching to the choir, but... Um, definitely, I would say Karen Templer of Fringe Association. She mm-hmm. is the source of my 
knitting obsession and um <laughs> and on her blog you will find just inspiration you'll find community um you'll find knit alongs you'll find uh tutorials and reviews and g- great ideas for what you w- might want to do next mm. um she's awesome also um Diana Walla paper tiger um she is a local Seattle knitter and designer who's recently moved to, like, northern Sweden. Mm. Um, so she's just really inspirational. I really love her designs. Like, it's funny. I was looking at my um, Ravelry projects, and it's like, wow, I've knit, like, I think I've knit, like, five or six of her patterns. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Which is kind of a large portion for me. Yeah. But she, anyway, she's just um, really great. She, like, specializes in color work and kind of Nordic inspiration and um she's studying in Sweden right now so her pictures are wonderful yeah (laughs) all of that Nordic light (laughs) yeah it's beautiful um and I would say the craft sessions Felicia yeah Felicia yeah Felicia yeah Felicia of the craft sessions yeah um I have been really inspired lately by her stashless project where she's um kind of going through her stash and just trying to make projects out of what she has without buying more yarn Mm. and um being mindful of what she makes um I think I'm definitely just in a place right now where I'm like yes I get that that's what I want to be doing yeah um she would be really proud of me I went to Tolt twice in the last month and I didn't buy any yarn (laughs) impressive amazing (laughs) but yeah yeah Yeah. good for uh good for me not as good for the yarn industry I guess but yeah Yeah. hey you know we'll all get there like I'm sure you've supported the yarn industry in a big way (laughs) yeah it'll balance out definitely but yeah um but anyway yeah she's just been really inspirational for me to to really be thinking about my intention behind what I'm making and what I'm buying and what I'm buying. Like I've definitely had moments where I just fear of missing out. Like Mm. I have to have a skein of this and then I get it home and I'm like, Oh, this isn't really enough to do anything with. Mm -hmm. or I have no plan for this. So (laughs) yeah, now I just have it and it's just sitting there. Like I bought two skeins of um, Clara Park's, Parks's um Shetland wool that she came out with most recently mm. Clara the Clara yarn but it's just not it's not enough for a sweater I don't really wear shawls yeah yeah <laughs> dang it what about um <laughs> do you do fiber share ever that can be a good way to de-stash. I don't I haven't well, um you should yeah okay I'll look into that <laughs> no I'll have to I'll like link to it but I'm I'm really into fiber share I didn't I haven't done it this round because I don't have very much wool with me here in Tasmania but um <laughs> which is funny because there's a lot of sheep here but um <laughs> the whole like idea of fiber share is that you can kind of I mean it's both things you can buy new wool for your partner to receive but you basically are like paired with another person well, it's a three-way sort of thing, but you're sending yarn to another person and they have like a little profile that's written of what they, what kind of yarn they like to work with, like it, what their kind of experience level is with knitting or crochet mm. or whatever, and whether they like um, sort of natural or 
wool or like what their color palette is. So if you had like those two skeins of and it fit into their color thing, you could be like re-gifting that on, which I think is kind of special because it's like, oh, I have this one skein that I can't figure out what to do with, but I bet this other person could. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think um, yeah. I think I looked into that once, but it was like all full or something. Mm, they fill up quickly. They've been getting bigger, but I think there's a there's a swap on now. But they probably ha- will have one in another couple of months. I'll I'll put a link to it in the show notes, and we can chat about it. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any other people that you um, wanted to mention? Um, I think I mean another obvious one is Anna Dianich at Tolt Yarn and Wool. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously she has such a beautiful shop and, um, just like her ability to, to create community and bring people together and bring like designers and yarn suppliers together, um, is really inspirational. And I'm, I'm lucky enough to live close enough that I can go there fairly often. Um, it's still a day Mm -hmm. trip for me, but it's like. I guess I'm pretty lucky to be <laughs> only 45 yeah. minutes away. Um, but yeah, she uh, is someone who really cares about the business and the industry and um, just be, keep a watch out for what she stocks in her shop because you know it's just going to be something that's like totally sustainable and uh, local and I don't know, supportive of the community. So mm. she's super cool. Yeah, yeah, that's so good, so special. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. I think that's all my people. <laughs> if you don't already follow them, you definitely should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with me, Catherine. Well, thanks for having me. Super happy to do it. You've just listened to episode eight of the Close Knit Podcast. All of the show notes for this episode and previous episodes are on my website, closeknit.com.au slash podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from, and um, leave us a review because that'll help us reach more people in the fiber arts community. Thanks again.